Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So ask to walk in a manner of what, family? Worthy. You can do a little better than that. Worthy. Yes, worthy of the Lord. Worthy of, of Christ. Don't you love that thought? Amen. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat at all campuses. You know, one of the stories that we're all very familiar here at Christ Fellowship is a story of saving Private Ryan. And, and it's one of those stories, really, that, that has just so many gospel images, gospel the images of what Christ did for us. Now, now, if you're not too familiar with the story, it's actually a story based on a true story from the Second World War. See, during that time, there were four brothers called the Nyland brothers that were drafted into service, and then they were scattered all throughout Europe. But unfortunately, that merciless war, which took the lives of over 75 million people, think about that. Three of those people were three of these brothers. You can just imagine being that poor mother back at home when she received that first telegraph that your oldest son has died in battle and then another couple days later another notice another son has died and then again another telegraph has said another son has died and listen if you're a parent here you know exactly you, you, you can just imagine what that poor lady must have felt with all those memories just flooding into her mind. She's thinking about how when they were little babies and she would help them grow and, you know, walk and, and, and grow up. And now they, they have passed away. And then all of a sudden just panic fills her heart because she's no, she knows there's one more son left out there. And so when the United States military realizes that there was one more son out there there is no way they were going to let that poor mother lose all of her sons in battle so the u.s sends out captain miller to go out to search and find this missing son and after a long and difficult journey he finally finds his missing son private ryan but it comes at the cost of his life. And so as he's sitting there in the battlefield, he pulls this son really close to him, and he has just one request for him. In fact, take a look at that moment. What a powerful scene. You know, when, when, when Miller was 
sitting there about to pass away, the one request that he had of Ryan is that he would go on the rest of his life to live a life worthy of his death, worthy of his sacrifice that day. Now, family, let me just bring all of that story, all of that imagery to our message for today. Because, family, what an image of really almost what, what Jesus whispers into our own ears. And by that, I mean that just like Captain Miller pulled that son close and, and asked him to go on to live a life worthy of what he was doing that day. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for this weekend. After Christ gives his life for you and for me, it's almost, it's almost like, if, like if Jesus brings us really close to us and he says, now you go on to live a life that is worthy of me, worthy of my life, worthy of my death, and worthy of my resurrection. Amen, family? Now, you may be sitting, you may be thinking, well, pastor, what exactly is a worthy life? What, what, is, what is that? What is a worthy life? And how do I know if I'm living that life? What are some things in my own life that I could look for to be sure that I am, in fact, living a worthy life? Well, we're going to find out from Colossians chapter one, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter one. You can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And listen, today I have two thoughts for us today on what exactly is a worthy life and how can I know if I'm living it. So write this down as point number one. A life worthy of the Lord is the only life worth living. Amen, family? Amen. It's the only life worth living. With that in mind, let's pick it up in verse 9. That's what it says. It says, and so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you so that you would walk in a manner of what? Worthy. Worthy of the Lord. Now, pause right there for a moment. Because as I've, as I've shared with you in the last several weeks, the Colossian church was a church located in modern-day Turkey. And it was a church that the Apostle Paul had never met face-to-face. -face. It was likely a byproduct of his ministry there in the city of Ephesus. And so one of the central themes of this letter is that he wanted to be sure that this grandchild church of his would, would be living a life that is worthy. In fact, circle the word worthy right there in your handout or, or in your Bible. Just make a no, little note of it. Because the word worthy in the original Greek text, you know, the Bible was, we always like to remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. The word there for worthy is the Greek word axiao. And the word, that word axiao, it pretty much means something that's suitable. Uh, something that, 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 that is fitting, something that makes sense with that object of whatever that is. And so what the Apostle Paul is here is encouraging the, the Colossian church, and listen, you and me today here at Christ Fellowship, is to be sure that we're living a life that's worthy of Christ. Now, the concept of living a, a worthy life 
it's not one that is unique to this passage, but it's, all, but it's actually all over the New Testament. Let me give you two quick examples. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says this, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a, Matthew, in a manner what? Worthy. Worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And then Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says this. It says, only let your manner of life be what? Worthy. Worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, this concept of living a worthy life is not one that originated with the apostle Paul, but it actually originated with the Lord from the Lord himself. In fact, there was a moment while he was on this earth that he's helping his disciples understand what it means to follow him. And so listen to what he tells them in Matthew chapter 10. Listen to what he says. It says, whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not what? Worthy. Is not worthy of me. And whoever loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In other words, listen, it's perfectly normal for you and I to love our family, to love our children, right? It's perfectly normal, but not more than our love for God. You're not worthy of him. And then he goes on to say, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. In other words, listen, when you start your journey with the Lord, if you're not willing to leave your old life behind, if you're not live, willing to leave your old friends behind, all that sin, all those things, listen, if you're not willing to leave all that behind, guess what? Our Lord says you're not worthy of him. See, he wants you to live a life that is reflective, that, that makes sense, that is fitting to the fact that he came to this earth and he lived that perfect life for you and he went to that cross he gave his life for you to pay for your sins so that you and I could have everlasting life. See, he's saying, you live a life that's worthy of what I've done for you. So the question still remains, well, Pastor, what exactly is still a worthy life? Well, write this down as letter A. A worthy life does not try to earn one's worth. Does not try to earn one's worth. See, a potential pitfall when we first read the phrase that we ought to live a life worthy of God is that we tend to think that well, now we have to live a life to prove that we are worthy of that we've earned the sacrifice that Christ has done for us. You know, I think we're so hardwired by nature and even the way society works to think that we have to then live lives to, to prove or earn, right, what God has done for us. You know, last month I was, I was in Canton, Ohio. And if you are an NFL fan, a football fan, you know that in Canton, Ohio is where the Football Hall of Fame is. And what's interesting about that, about the Hall of Fame, is that, is that every single player, they spend their entire football life doing things, hoping that one day they would earn, right, or be worthy to be entered into the Hall of Fame, which means that everything they did, every single pass, every single catch, every single tackle, everything is focused on one day earning their spot or deemed worthy to be entering into the Hall of Fame. 
And you know what's sad about it? Is that they never know if they did enough. You know, this past week, if you're familiar with football, Eli Manning announced his retirement, who's a two-time Super Bowl champion. And the talk in sports radio is this, is whether or not he's worthy of the Hall of Fame. That's the big debate right now. Is he worthy or not? And so, and so you say, <laughs> I heard someone say no. That's a debate, right? Too funny. Some passionate Eli Fanning fans here, or, or other ones, but anyway. But you folks, you see, you, you see how we bring that over is how we can easily bring that mentality over to a walk with the Lord. Because you may be right here right now, maybe at Doral, who knows. And, and, and in your past, you did something that you're, that you're ashamed of, right? At season, you're alive, man, no one knows, but I did those things. Or maybe right now, right now, you're sitting here right now, and you're going through that season. And somewhere on the way, your mentality is, well, I did those things that I regret, so now I got to live my life to overcome and overprove all those bad things I did, right? That if only I could do enough to overcome all that stuff, then I'll be worthy. I could earn God's love. I could earn the sacrifice he did for me. Can I tell you what, what a terrible way to live your life, Amen. Listen, that is not God's message for you. That is not God's desire for you. It's quite the opposite. You see, write this down, letter B. A worthy life simply reflects God's worth. We don't try to earn anything. We simply just reflect God's worth. See, the beauty of the gospel message is that there's nothing in our life that, we, that could deem us worthy of what Christ did. In fact, when you know that you are on your journey to living a worthy life, it's when you realize that there's nothing that you can do to deem you worthy of that sacrifice. That's when you start your journey towards a worthy life. And the moment that you think that you can earn it, guess what? You stop being worthy of what Christ has done for you. And so it's so important for us, listen, that, that, that when we understand who God is, that we just simply start reflecting all that God is and who, what he's done for us. And then you start reflecting how, listen, how gracious he is, how merciful he is, how powerful he is, how loving he is, how just he is, how forgiving he is, how compassionate he is, how holy he is. You see, you start simply reflecting all of that in your life. So student, listen, if you're here, you're a student, and when you see someone at school or someone at college, whatever that case may be, you know, being left out and, or being bullied on, listen, when you go to that person and you love on them and you, you stand by them, guess what? You're reflecting that compassion of our Lord. Hey, when you are at work and people are talking with certain language and crude joking, and you say, no, no, I'm not going to partake in that, and you clearly, you distance yourself from that, guess what? You're reflecting the purity of God. Amen. You know, when you hear other people gossiping about other people, and they love that, and, they, you know, it's getting good, the gossip is getting good, and you say, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that person. You put a stop to it, and you don't get it. You know what? You're reflecting the holiness of God. You're not going to get involved with that. You see? So it's simply just reflecting who God, not our own worth, but God's worth. And here's how you know where some things you can start looking for yourself in your own life. Write this down as big number two. 
a life worthy of the Lord always, always, always bears fruit. It bears fruit. Now let's go back to the passage for today. This is what it says. It says, and so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing what? Fruit. Fruit. See, the first step is ensuring that you're living a walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is to be sure that you are bearing fruit, that there's proof in your life of that worthy life. And, And here's the first proof. Write this down as letter A. It is the fruit of good works. The fruit of good works. Listen to how the passage continues. It says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good, what? Work. Now, now, in your handout or in your Bible, just mark the word work or circle it. Just, just kind of make a little note there. Because the word work in the original Greek is the word ergon. And the word ergon it does describe when you have a position, a, a, a job, but, but it's more explicit than that. It, it actually refers to the tangible work of your hands. Ergon means the tangible work of something that you do. And so what the Apostle Paul here is saying is, is that if you truly are living a life worthy of the Lord, then, then, listen, there should be some physical proof of that life. You know, oftentimes I, I hear people say, well, pastor, listen, you know, I'm not very active. I don't do really do much. I'm, you know, but don't worry because my heart is in the right place. You know? Yeah, I may not show much. I, there's not much going on in, my, in the acts here, but don't worry. My heart is in the right place. And so I'm fine. But you know what? Scripture's saying here the opposite. Because what you do in your life it does matter, amen? amen? It does matter. In fact, look at the warning in the book of James. This is what it says. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, ergon, physical work, right, physical showing, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled without giving them the things that they need for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it, if it does not have ergon, physical proof, what, what does it say? It's dead. It's dead. Now, now family, just, just want to be sure that you understand this. I am by no way teaching here the same that our salvation is due by works. You know, I've been very clear in the past, it's by faith and faith alone, right? Our relationship, our forgiveness, our, who we are in Christ is by faith and faith alone. But the scripture is also clear that if there is genuine faith inside of, your, inside of your heart, listen, there is going to be proof. There's going to be fruit to show, reflect that faith. And so it's, so it's so critical that every child of God in our journey with the Lord that we stop in periodic places, right, and, and examine our lives of whether or not there is proof in our life of the faith that we say is inside of us. Does that make sense? Yes. And here's the first area that we should evaluate our own lives. Write this down as small number one. It's our family life. It's our family life. 
I know family that sometimes reaching our own family, ministering to our family, maybe the hardest thing to do at times, right? It's just so hard. But you know how you can take steps in that area? Let people see your good works. So, so when, you know, when you're with family, your immediate family, uh, your extended family and family gatherings, when you're in those moments, there should be something with your family that says, you know, there's something going on with my niece. She's a little different. You know, my daddy, daddy's different. I don't know what's going on, but daddy's different. There should be something that just comes out of you that what you do physically that reflects what's happening inside of your heart. And a big, another big area that we need to reflect on what's happening, our ergon, right? Write this down, small number two, is our work life. It's our work life. So you have to ask yourself the question, do you co-workers, the people who you work with, your boss, maybe you own a business, your employees, whatever the case may be, could they recognize the fruit of good works in your life? Can someone say, oh, I see. You know, they're different. You know, before I started working here at Christ Fellowship, my job before this was actually in an office in the University of Miami. And every single day, there were some custodian ladies, there were older ladies that would come and, you know, they would just pick up and just do certain things and go office to office. And whenever they would come into our office, we would just always have fun, make some, crack some jokes. It was always a, a, a good time. But one day when they were there, there was someone from my office mentioned that I was a Christian, that I was a believer. And then one of the older ladies said this, and this is all in Spanish. She said, oh, now, now it makes sense. You know, now it makes sense why you're a little different than other people here. Now, now it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And thank me, well, you know what? When, when she said that, I got so happy, not because I'm making, I'm making, you know, I'm trying to, but just because I said to myself, wow, my life is showing through. You know, people are recognizing a difference in my life than my other coworkers. And so the question that would have you ask yourself is that if someone in your job say, said, hey, you know, they're Christians, that person, yeah, they're believers in Christ, would they say, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense why, why they are the way they are, the way they speak, why they're so helpful. It makes sense. For some of us, they might say, really? <laughs> right? They're believers? Wait, is their name Christian or are they Christians? I, I really don't understand because there's no, it doesn't look, right, that they are believers. And so, family, what a healthy question. You know, if someone would say that you're a Christian, how would other people respond? Would it make sense? Or would it not make sense? And then a, a third area that I think is good for us to self-examine in regards to our good works is write this down, small number three, is for church life, right? Church life. Now, the word ergon here in the New Testament is actually used 176 different times. And here's what's interesting. A vast majority, a vast majority of the times that the word is used, it's always used to, to refer to the good works, the, the service of the people to the Lord and to the Lord's people at church. It's always tied usually to that. 
In fact, let me just give you a quick example from 1 Corinthians. It says this. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work, in the ergon, in the physical work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, that in the Lord, your labor is not, what? In vain. In vain. Do you love that? The Lord says, hey, my children, when you ergon, when you show physical food, when you serve me, when you serve your peop- my people, none of that is in vain. I'm in the midst of all that. So you see, when we serve the Lord at church, when we are serving anyway, it's, it's really, you know what it is? It's a reflection. It's showing fruit that we are, in fact, living a life worthy of Christ. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you're here today and you are currently serving in a ministry team, maybe you're serving in guest services, perhaps in children's ministry, in student ministry, worship, production, parking, street team, security, whatever the case may be, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Every single weekend, when you put on that T-shirt or that badge or whatever it is, let it be a reminder that today you're going to show that you're living a life worthy of Christ. Amen? But let it be a special moment that when you put on that T-shirt, when you're ready to serve at church, today, this is not a small thing that I'm doing. I'm actually going to reflect God's worth, and I'm going to live a life worthy of Him. Now, if you're here and you may be joining us for the first time, maybe you've been here for a couple weeks, maybe for a while, and you are not serving and you feel a little bit of a conviction in your heart, let me tell you, that's not me. That's the Spirit of God saying, it's time for you to serve. It's time for you to show the good works. And so one of the things that we're committed here at CF is always to make it easy for you to serve. We want to make it as easy. So I'm asked, I've asked the ministry teams, in fact, when you look inside your worship folder, there's a little card that says ministry, join a ministry team. Listen, if you feel that conviction, man, I want to encourage you, just fill that out. Check off whatever ministry you, you, is interest to you. And when you're way out, give it to an usher, give it to an next set booth, and someone from the ministry will contact you. I always like to remind you, that thing you're filling out is not a mortgage. It's not a mortgage, all right? You're not committing for life, you know. You're, oh, I cannot fill this card out. It's too much. No, 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 no. Listen, it's just you're saying, you know what? I'm interested in this ministry, and I would just want to get more information. And then our ministry teams will help you find the, the best place for you. But, but if you have that tug in your heart, that's the spirit of God saying, come on, serve. Live a life that is worthy of me. So I want to encourage you to do that. But here's the thing. Not only do we show, right, do we show that we're living a life worthy of the Lord by our physical actions, by our ergon, but also write this down as letter B. It's through the fruit of seeking and, God, and knowing God more. Letter B, the fruit of seeking and knowing God more. In fact, let's go back to the passage one more last time. This is what it says. It says, so walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, ergon, physical, and increasing in the what? In the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of God. See, here's the difference between good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
See, the first one is about you reflecting God's worth through your physical actions. But the second one is about you reflecting God's worth through your intellectual pursuit of him. See, that is why we always encourage you here at Christ Fellowship, listen, read God's word during the week. Men, be sure that you are diligent, that you are pursuing the Lord, that you come here every single weekend, that you hear God's truth, that you go join a Bible so that you are increasing in the knowledge of God. And here's the thing. When you intellectually pursue him, that you want to get to know him more and more and more, here's what it reveals. Write this down as small number one. It reveals your awe of God. You're in awe of God. You know, when, when you're at home and you're out and about and you hear something, you see something that kind of sparks your interest, right? Wow, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. That's kind of wonder. You know, you know what we do? Here's what we all do. We take on our phones, we go to Google, or you get on the computer and you search whatever it is. We, we search it. Hey, you know, what is this? Or what, you know, whatever it is, you search it. Why? Because there's something about that specific topic that perked your interest, right? You, you, you want to know more. You, what is this all about? And the same thing is with God. Listen, when you know who God is, that he's infinite in glory and wonder, and you're in awe with him, guess what? You start seeking the Lord with everything you have. Because the more you see God, the more you realize that he's infinite and you will never stop being amazed about our glorious God. And you start pursuing him, pursuing him, pursuing him. And every time that you open up God's word, you know what he's saying? I'm in awe of God and I want to know more. But not only does it reveal your awe of God, write this down as small number two. It also reveals your affections for God, your affections for God. And we all know that by, by experience, don't we? You know, when, when we were, when, when, just think about back when you were young with your spouse, when you first met your spouse, uh, your boyfriend and girlfriends then, you, know, you started just kind of dating, or maybe you're right, right now you're in middle school and you're in high school, and there's that boy, there's that girl that you like, right? That's cute. And uh, guess what? You know, we, we try to get close to the locker. You know, we try to bump him in, in, in the hallway. We, we start texting. We start calling them. We stay up all night talking to them. Maybe you're a little older. You had those pagers, right? And then you used to, uh, what is it, uh, 143? I love you, or 123. Well, I can't remember what good night was, but you know how it is. You know, we used to page them, and oh, yeah, in the morning you wake up, oh, you know, oh. Text it back, and you, you guys remember. You know what? Whatever the case may be, guess what? Here's the thing. It's revealing your affections for that person, isn't it? Right? Because there's something that you want to know more. You want to talk. You want to, it's revealing. And the same thing is with God. See, every time that you pursue the Lord in whatever way, it's revealing what? Your affections for God. That You love the Lord. There's something about that. Here's the thing, maybe you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I don't, I, don't, I don't really pursue God much. I mean, I really don't read the Bible. I, if I don't want to read the Bible, I come to church forcefully. You know, I, well, maybe, maybe it's reflective that you're not in awe of God. That maybe you have conceptualized who God is in your mind and you're bored with God. Or worse, it may be 
show that there's an issue with your affection for God. You see? But when we pursue his word, when we, pursue, when we come to listen to God's work on the weekends, when, to God's word, when we just do it reveals that we're in awe of our Lord and that we have affection for Christ. Amen? Amen. So let me end with this. Going back to the opening story, after Captain Miller gives his life for Ryan, the story fast-forwards to the end of Ryan's life. And there's a very critical moment that he asks himself a question. Take a look. You know what? Ryan's question at the end of his life was... Did I live a life that was worthy of the sacrifice of that man? That was his biggest question. Can I tell you, when you and I get towards the end of our lives, gray hair, wrinkles, we start, you know what question we're going to ask ourselves? Did I live a life worthy of the Lord? That's going to be the pressing question. Did I live my life worthy of Christ? And my desire, my prayer, my hope as your pastor is that when you pass away and you go and you meet your Lord face to face, that you would be able to say, to say Lord, I, I lived a worthy life. I did my best and I served you every single day of my life with my physical strength. I did as much as I could. And I pursued you with my mind every day of my life. My hope is that your Lord will look back at you and he would say, my son, my daughter, you lived a worthy life. You lived it. Enter into glory with me. What a glorious day that will be. Amen, family? And so let that be the desire of our heart that we live a life that is worthy of Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer, family. Father, we come before you and we I know all of us just gather and we are just so grateful that you've called us your sons and daughters and you've called us now to live a life worthy of you. And so God, as we come together, my prayer for all of us, including myself, is that we would live lives worthy of you, that we would bear good fruit and that we would serve you with every physical ounce of strength that we have and that we would pursue you with our mind. Lord, let that be the desire of our heart, Lord. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to some of us here today because you may be sitting here at one of our campuses right now, maybe Doral, and you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor, I, you know what? I, I know of God. I, I don't really know God like ever, so many people here. And, and, and I want to start a personal relationship with Christ. I am ready to take a journey with the Lord. I'm ready. How can I do that? Well, the Bible says that for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord they shall be saved. Not most of us, not the majority of us, not the very good ones, but whosoever calls on Him 
shall be saved. And you may be thinking, well, Pastor, what does it mean to call the Lord? What, what do you mean by that? Well, listen, the way that you call on Christ is not by coming to church. That's not how it is. It's not by doing some sort of uh, ritual or tradition. You don't fill out a paper. The Bible is very clear. It's by, you call on, Lord, on the Lord by putting your faith and your trust in what Christ did for you at that cross. The Bible says that the moment you put your trust and your faith in Christ, that He forgives you of all of your sins and He gives you everlasting life. See, that is why God's Word says this. It says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish have everlasting life for God so loved that he gave his one and only son that if whoever believes in him would not perish see that is God's desire for you that you would know him and so if you are ready to take that step and say pastor hey I'm ready to start my journey with Christ well I'm gonna in a few moments I'm gonna ask you to I'm gonna lead you through a prayer but before we do so I wanna lead I wanna I wanna have I'm gonna ask you to do something I'm going to, in a few moments, with no one looking, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand if that's you. And not because I'm, someone's going to go over to you, stand, make you, single you out, or make you stand up, or call on you, or make you, give you a microphone, nothing like that. And we're, we're not going to embarrass you. But there's something that takes place. When there's something that's happening inside of you, that when you show physical, something physical, it, it just kind of completes a moment, right? There's something special. You say, yes, yes, I, yes, I want to start our relationship with Christ. I'm starting my journey with the Lord. So if that's you, with no one looking around, right, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, it's a private moment, let's respect everyone around. If that's you, say, Pastor, man, pray for me. Today I want to put my faith in Christ and start my journey with the Lord. With no one looking around and all eyes closed, just slip up your hand at all camps and say, Pastor, me, can you pray for me? I want to, I want to take my journey with the Lord. Anybody here says, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody. I see you in the back. Anybody? I see you as well. I see you as well. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you all three in the back. I see you in the top. I see you. At all campuses, you slip up your hands and say, Pastor, just pray for me. Amen. Anybody else? Many hands in the top of the balcony. I see you. So many people. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Listen, so whether you raise your hand or not, here's what's amazing. The Lord sees exactly what's happening in your heart. And He knows your need of Him. And so if that's you, I'm going to lead you through a prayer now. And when you pray this, you don't pray this to me. You know, I always like to remind you, I'm simply a man. I cannot forgive you your sins. Only God is waiting for you. He's ready. And so you pray this quietly to yourself, but you speak to the Lord who loves you. Pray this with me. Lord, today I come before you. And I realize the sacrifice that you did for me. You gave your life for me. And so I come before you and I confess all of my sins, my past sins, my present sins, and even all the things I'm going to do, Lord. Father, I come before you and I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. And today, Lord, I put my trust in you. And I ask you to save me. And I ask you to give me eternal life. Lord, for the rest of my life, help me to live a life 
that is worthy of you. I may not be perfect, Lord, but help me to live a life that's worthy of you. Thank you, O God, for how good you are to me. I love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people say, amen, amen. Family, can we give it up for those on all campuses that gave their life to the Lord today, amen. Listen, if you gave your life to Christ today, if you prayed that prayer, before you go, it's easy to go to your car, I get it. But I'm going to ask you to do something. Inside of your worship folder, there's a little connection card. Fill that out. Check off. Today I gave my life, my life to Christ. And on your way out, there's a next step booth. I'm going to ask you to stop by there for a moment. It won't take more than a minute. You're going to hand that over. It's a little card over. And then here's what's going to happen. They're going to love on you, encourage you, and then they're going to give you God's Word. You know, today we talked about the importance of seeking and knowing God's more. Well, it's through God's Word. So you need it as you start your journey with Him. And so they're going to give that to you, and you'll be on your way, and you're going to go uh, to do enjoy this beautiful day, all right? So be sure to stop by there. And so at this moment, I'm going to call the campus pastors to come to the front at all campuses. Christ Fellowship, I love you guys. Enjoy this amazing day. Love you. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.